throughout the course of this video I'm going to be working on my ability to talk to you guys without cursing at you guys because I want to become better at the algorithm I want to have 200 subscribers and the only way I can do that is by obeying the YouTube God's rules I think I deserve to have it all but you know that's just me but today we're gonna just talk about these masks these masks right here this stuff right here is literally causing people to lose their mother welcome welcome to another episode of the identity booth how y'all doing what's going on man I hope you guys are being safe, really, because uh, a lot of things have been going on. Um, hopefully, by the time I get this out, like I have secured some major goals and achieved a lot of uh, this thing called success. And I'm not in Omaha. No, I'll probably still be in Omaha. But, you know, things are getting better. Things are looking good. We got to keep be encouraged. Be encouraged. Let's just say it three times you jump. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. You have to go get it. And part of going to go get it is hey, I want 200 subscribers, y'all. So let's hit that subscribe button. Let's like, share, subscribe. You know, do the whole thing. Send this to a friend. Send this to an enemy. Send this to your mom. Because moms and uh who what are the demographic? Moms and 30 uh, and 26 to 30 year old women enjoy watching this women enjoy watching me more than men and i don't know why i mean i know why it's the smile it's definitely the smile because like it's not my childish nature or the superhero t-shirts but you know blurs are a thing now so i appreciate it but whatever brings you to this thing you know called the identity booth maybe it's to identify with me as i identify with you I'm here for it, but you know, let's talk about, let's talk about the past and the past in a way that makes you wonder, damn, you know, there is a bunch of people like right now who are really fighting hard, like fighting diligently to Stop people from wearing a mask. By the time they haven't mandated, but I think the only way we're going to really beat this is by mandating people wear a mask. And people are losing it over this mask thing. And I think I I sat here one night while I was because going to sleep right now is probably the most difficult thing. But you know, if you God have mercy on you, if you're sitting there just trying to think about your day as it unwinds and you're just screaming in the back of your mind, like, ah! Ah, like because it's just so much going on but like i was sitting there thinking to myself like what other major safety things happened in the past that would have made someone lose their shit and it dawned on me that you know as a young child growing up i saw a lot of commercials about the test dummies the crash dummies like they were made a mockery of but at one point there was a part of me that asked like my dad like hey why why is it considered comedic like joy for them to talk about safety like why is it that these crash test dummies have to experience pain 
for us to be like, ha, 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 that's hilarious. He's a dummy. And because he's a dummy, he has to wear a seatbelt because if he doesn't wear a seatbelt, he's a crash test dummy. And you don't want to be a crash test dummy because being a dummy is bad enough. Like it was overt in your face. You must laugh at the stupidity of someone who doesn't want to wear a belt. And that is an example of shaming. Because if you don't wear a seatbelt in today's day and age, you're considered a dummy. And you are you are laughed at it for it. You are you are acknowledged as a dummy. Public shaming, it works. Use it. But not wearing a seatbelt was considered to be an idiotic thing. And in today's day and age, your car has a displays a full on to long message if you don't start if you start your car and put it in drive before putting on your seatbelt. It won't let you. You have to override it. Imagine. So the question then became, why is this happening? Why why is this going on? And you have to dig in your past to understand how you got here. The first time seatbelts were mandated in America was in 1968. 1968. So that means like 1970s wasn't even around the course so that means that wasn't even long enough for like there are people still alive who didn't have to wear seatbelts once upon a time and in the early 1920s the manufacturer of the first lap seatbelt came into car and you have to sit here and really think with yourself who was debating not wearing a seatbelt but this is legitimately some arguments that was given People didn't want to wear seatbelts in the 1940s because of fear that if the car rolled into a lake or crashed and set on fire, the seatbelt would hinder someone from getting out in time. Not even to mention that after a, after a car crash of that magnitude, you're, most people are so disoriented and discombobulated that they can't even orient themselves to figure out what's going on talk less of being awake to get out of it furthermore let's just i skipped over most people who endure an impact of that magnitude back then are dead because if you look back at some of these cars from the 1920s they didn't have no roof so you about to feel every impact of everything that's happening furthermore that's just not fathomable because the seatbelts were designed with a lever system they weren't electronic and they didn't have anything that would hinder you it was a pull lever just that simple and it was a lap one at that it wasn't even a 3.1 which is the shoulders hit uh uh, uh, chest lap and uh neck it wasn't even a 3.1 so that was an excuse given Another argument was, is it is my life to risk. That is amazing right there. Do you remember how many times? And this is a this is a consequence of the past. People used to believe that they had the ability to alter trajectories of people in vehicles. That is that whole thing when you're in a car and your mom or your dad hit on the brakes and they put their hands in front of you to prevent you from flying forward. Like, that is really going to make a difference? Do you know how strong you have to be to resist the impact of a of a moving vehicle? Let's just say the vehicle's two tons. So you have to at least be able to endure two tons of force to stop something from inside the vehicle from being ejected or projected or blood splattered all over the dashboard. 
But they really did think that hand was really going to save somebody. But that is the consequences of their father's fathers not having seatbelts and them arguing for not having seatbelts because they believed that they could handle it. Oh, a car accident happens. Not only am I going to have time to, you know, uh, if I had time to, you know, put my hand across my loved ones, I would also have time to avoid the vehicle. But, you know, that's not what happened. But furthermore, I'm strong enough to withstand a two ton impact and also keep anyone from the inside of the vehicle from being ejected out of the vehicle. Not even to mention that, you know, your internal organs would just splatter against the inside of your bones. Because, you know, internal bleeding is a thing. But they really believed that they that this was their life to to take. And no, that's not how it works. We are not going to allow you to kill yourself just because you want to kill yourself. There is no sanctioned way of doing that in America. Uh, Yeah. And and these people would later give birth to the pro-lifers that we see here today. Like, don't forget that shit. Um. Another argument that was proposed was it might prevent you from being ejected out of the vehicle, but it won't prevent you from getting injured at all. So we're not going to wear them, period. The all or nothing argument, which was amazing to hear. And and it's also something similar you see happening today. Like it's all or nothing. It's not you. Oh, I have to wear a seat. Well, like, no, I mean, yeah, it's important. But okay, so since you're saying all or nothing, so should we take the brakes off the vehicle as well? No, I didn't see anybody fighting for that. But these people just didn't. They didn't. Their arguments weren't designed to have a point. Their arguments were designed to, once again, what you're seeing here is make people adhere to their own whim. They don't want to be inconvenienced. And when you look at it now, putting on a seatbelt is second nature. It's not a difficult thing to do. It doesn't even take you a second. You do it subconsciously. I don't think about putting on my seatbelt when I'm putting on my seatbelt. It's just something I do. In fact, I get disturbed when I'm re. When is the most frantic you'll ever see somebody in a vehicle before it moves? When they can't find out, find where to put their seatbelt in. Whenever I get into the backseat of an Uber and there's like that car seatbelt. And I accidentally, I'm trying to put my belt into the car seat belt in the middle one, and it's just not clicking. I have a miniature panic attack. Like, hey, stop driving. I can't get my belt on. But this is life. This is real life. But people were arguing, like, we don't have to wear seat belts. We shouldn't be forced to wear seat belts because it can't protect us totally. But no one ever, like, made the argument, okay, since you're worried about the seat belts not protecting you totally, we'll also remove this, the brakes. No one seemed to have a rebuttal for that. People are idiots. People are idiots. Then the argument became there was no proof that these seatbelts were actually going to save people's lives. And that's when they started using the crash test dummies, the mannequins. They would they would give demonstrate how these mannequins were pretty durable, pretty tough. In fact, one of them showed like them getting hit a mannequin being hit with a baseball bat. And they compared it to like pig bones because pig bones are the most uh, the closest when like density and weight and mass for like human beings and they show like a baseball bat being hit and it's like oh this broke a pig's ribs a pig's femur a pig's uh whatever and then they showed 
a test crash test dummy and showed that same bat hitting that dummy and it showed like oh look see it didn't do a scratch then they put that test dummy inside of a car accident and showed how that test dummy was shredded to pieces and people were like oh shit that dummy was supposed to be stronger than us and it got destroyed yeah give him a, and then they gave him a seatbelt and a helmet because be, if you didn't have roof they were going to require you to wear a helmet test dummy at least he, he was recognizable he didn't turn into firewood right away but people weren't convinced with these tests they said these weren't real tests as if they wanted to throw a real life human in there those commercial there were think about how many commercials you saw as a young kid about ihsa crash test award five years running because it became a standard and the only way you got americans adult americans to put on seatbelts was to shame them into wearing seatbelts making it an award your car is safer than tim's car so that's why you're better yeah, I'm better than Tim because my car's safer. That was the limit. That was the bar. Your grandfathers were idiots. <laughs> we had to trick a generation of people into wearing seatbelts by making them feel better about saving themselves. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And then my favorite. My favorite argument. My favorite argument in the whole entire thing was, I've never seen a seatbelt save someone. That was an argument. I've never seen a seatbelt save someone, so I don't know if they're real. It'll really work. Wow. Like, that's crazy to think about. Because I've never met a billionaire, but I aspire to be one. I've never seen an intact octopus. But I... I think they they exist. I've never been to the moon. But I'm not a flat earther. Like people, people's inability to relinquish fear invites stupidity. Like it, it would have done you no harm. Uh, another argument that was way off is that the, the 30, at the time, the 13 cent, in addition to the seatbelt would have been too much of a price, an asking price. It would have been too much of an increase in price for people. Yeah, that's just too much, you know. That That's just too much of a price. I get nervous thinking about that. I never saw seatbelts in my school bus. People Like, people throw their kids into school buses. I don't know. Do school buses have belts now? But I remember when I was in school, they didn't have seatbelts. And we throw kids into it. It's what are school buses surround? School buses are literally metal and glass. And if you've ever been on the inside of a school bus, kids don't sit down in those things. That's where I learned how to balance. Because walking in a school bus while it was moving is is you is something you have to be good at. But uh, it's not. This is where government intervention is okay to me because we can't trust the society as a whole to do the right thing because we're so free. Once again, our social norms aren't enough to keep people in check. That's when the government has to enforce social norms. Wearing a seatbelt is without a doubt now unarguably the best thing to do. In the past, looking at the future, people are sitting here upset, angry. 
Look at this Karen. She is mad she has to wear a mask in her favorite store. She is the she is the person that we will look back in the history books and say, this this chick was crazy. She didn't have our inter- uh, the best interest of the fellow American. You're not a patriot. <laughs> You're not a patriot if you don't want to wear a mask. Protect your feather your fellow brothers and sisters. Protect your fellow Americans. No, why? Why should I have to wear a mask to protect someone else? That's crazy. Another aspect of this that people don't or take for granted. Because this is a, the seatbelt thing was a government issue. Just sort of like the mask. But let's take it to to a, a shorter level. Helmets in football. The last time a helmet, the last person who could, to play football, an NFL game, and not be required to wear a helmet was in 1943. It was a dude named Dick Plasma. He was a Chicago Bear, and he was the last person to walk onto a football field, or rather walk off of a football field, not wearing a helmet. Next time he walked on, he had a helmet on. They fought tooth and nail to stop the NFL from regulating themselves. And it took government intervention for this to happen because the medical community, even back then, could see a sharp increase in health risk when you weren't wearing a helmet. Some excuses they were used to prevent players from wearing helmets. The game has gotten soft because they were forcing them to wear helmets. The Today's athletes would decimate the athletes of the past. We're bigger, we're stronger, we're faster. If I played back in the 60s, I'd be uns- I would be a running back and probably a receiver. And an offensive defensive tackle. I could play every position. No one would have been faster than me, stronger than me. But they were concerned about their appearance. You make the kids wear helmets. The men shouldn't have to. The ego CTE is real, y'all. It's so real, Will Smith even made a damn movie about it. The helmet would make it more difficult for passers and receivers to do their jobs. The NFL right now with the most sophisticated helmets and the most durable and safest helmets have a higher passer rating and uh, receivers receiving numbers. The excuses that these people came up with. It was amazing to me to see the resilience. Because once again, people are afraid of change. Change is scary to people who are not open-minded and people who are close. Uh, people are like unaware or uneducated. Like, I think about all the times I tell this story often. If you know me, you know I love sushi. That's that is a no-brainer. I love me some sushi. Now, <laughs> a friend of mine used to beg me to eat sushi. Used to beg me, tried to take me out, tried to show me this this wonderful thing back in 2014, and I refused. I fought her with every fiber in me I didn't want her to know 
that she had anything to do with my infatuation with sushi. No, but seriously, I just wouldn't try it. I just wouldn't try it. I go to Austin to go visit my sister. And she literally punches me and steps on my foot. And while my mouth's open, she puts it in a sushi roll, California roll. With a little bit of EO sauce on the side. Damn. The the first thought I had, the first thought I had wasn't, this is a great delicacy. The texture is amazing. This is good. I like this was, fuck. Now I'm going to have to tell that person that I like sushi now. There's a, we don't, we, our experience with the world is what gives us life. Our ability to socially expand our mind is what brings us true joy in life. Life is a lot more miserable when people aren't in it. So I find it to be crazy that when we do something for the benefit of someone else, we get a little bit resilient. We get pushback. When you're trying to help somebody and they push you back. Now, if it's unsolicited advice, sure. Backseat driver, sure. But for those rare occasions where you got a person who's like literally looking out for you, golly, when you, for you to be the person that's like, nah, I'm not going to take that advice. I love sushi. You, you, could, you could hit my car and I'd be willing to walk away from that situation saying it was a mutual understanding. And let both insurance just handle it for for night out on sushi. You could I had a I had a patient family member yell at me because they thought I was doing their loved one harm. And when it was all said and done, this person just wouldn't let it let it go. I didn't care. I don't care enough that your parents and whatever, your loved one, good, you're alive. My favorite part of my patients coming to me is when they leave because I don't have to see them anymore because I did my job good enough that you'll never see me again love it but they wouldn't leave me alone emails after emails after email so finally that he went to the top dogs he came back down said hero go talk to them I said I won't talk to them he said well they keep calling us hey that's what you're there for we know what ended up happening I said okay you know what gift card from uh Blue sushi. Any amount. All will be good. All will be well. I will talk to them. They got me one for $200. Play the system. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. And last but not least with this whole helmet thing, before we go on to the last topic, is CTE. There's now, uh, and it's amazing how like there's unrefutable proof five years later and it's just a socially accepted cte is borderline going to be the thing that ruins football whenever i see kids little league football kids playing contact football that worries me as a parent not as a parent but as a as a healthcare professional and someone who's played and someone who's going to have kids hopefully i'm never letting my kids onto a football field not while not while they're in my house so if the first time he's going to experience football is going to be at the age of 18 when he goes to college, good luck. And I know these coaches are super facetious and super like egotistical. You know, you don't have any film, you don't have any prospects, they won't take you. And that will effectively end your football career. 
and it'll put a smile on my face because at least you'll be able to walk around with your kids. I know too many people who play football. Double knee replacements at the age of 23. Fuck out of here. Hip replacement. Why? It does something to your mind. That is without a fact the truth. And I am fortunate. I am blessed to have never experienced that. But I have friends who have experienced it and it hinders them. They can't, They don't live regular lives. They don't get to enjoy their kids or their loved ones the way they're supposed to. And I, I think it's crazy when these people, these guys, especially people that I played with, let their kids indulge in this sport, living vicariously through them. It's just not a good decision. There's more than one way to... If I knew what I knew about baseball back then, I would have been. I would have stayed in the batter's ring. I would have been a catcher. I dare you to run home plate while I'm standing over that motherfucker. It's money to be made and it's guaranteed. Last thing we'll talk about before we end all this ranting and raving is the sprinkler system. While it has been introduced a long time ago, there was no requirement for there to be a sprinkler system in public housing not public housing but rather uh two home dwellings so like apartment complexes and the people who were fighting against this were partially you know homo uh like the the landlords and stuff like that but also like think of buildings like this the world trade center and how they didn't have a mandated sprinkler system now granted that was a unique situation and i don't know what camp you conspire to seeing a building collapse like that when uh (laughs) when no building is ever caught on fire and also had that city that's a rabbit i won't chase right here but in places like maryland and uh california where this was a mandated outright law every building made after 2006 had to have some type of uh, irrigation system and California is super important because one they catch on fire once a year sometimes twice so that's just an insurance thing but the arguments that people were making back then was the price of rent will go up money over lives that's that's a reoccurring theme money greed being more valuable in life. We have to open up the economy, this country, because the economy is suffering. Not, we have to keep things closed because 1,000 and 100,000, 120,000 people plus people have died. Every time the Trump administration gets up there to talk about the economy, they somberly, oh, but, but just one life is too much. But hey, we got to open up. But you know, just one life. It's extremely dangerous. Like, it's sad that we lost that one life. And, you know, but hey, the economy's booming. Things are getting better. The greed is what's really killing us. And another argument that was used to kind of dispel this whole, we don't need sprinklers in these buildings, these public buildings, was, oh, we have fire departments. Fire departments. That that 
it's strange, but like you, you have to expect it. Eventually, what ended up leading to this was in, inventions of technology, material, housing materials were built with more nitrogen in them, uh, a lot more fire-friendly uh, material was being used instead of like the sprinkler system, and also the addition of sprinkler systems being put into them. But like things around it got more serious, and this is one thing that really helped with it. Insurance companies could charge you more if you didn't have these things implemented which made it and it incentivized so you either have to the the best way to get somebody to do something is to take something away and i think like if that's and know what that'll be it that was how we will end it in order for us to you know get this mass thing fixed and situated we are going to pay out people every day who wear their mask. If you wear a mask to a public place, you'll be given a, a 12% discount on whatever you're shopping for. Let's do that. That would that would be that would incentivize people to do it. That would keep people safe. And at the end of the year, for every person as a company that you get to do this, you can write it off as a tax deduction. Up to you know, some ridiculous amount that'd be useful for them that it wouldn't really be beneficial for me, but you know, it's definitely gonna be way more useful for me, but they're not gonna give it to me. Let's do that. Incentivize good behavior because adults, uh, American adults, aren't within control of themselves enough to do it on their own. So I believe that's what we should do. I have, in one podcast, I have solved the mask wearing issue by taking a look into the past Taking examples from my present, combining them together to make the future a better place. I have done it on the identity booth. And if that is not worth your subscribe, you a hater. (laughs) No, but seriously, 200 subscribers, 200 subscribers. I want it. I want the plaque on my wall. But for what it's worth, I hope this episode helped you guys. It has definitely helped me. Like, share, subscribe. I appreciate you guys joining me in the identity booth. Um, that's an abrupt ending, but I actually have to like study today, so we got to get this out of the way, and I got to finish editing all this stuff. So, see you guys later.